Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, for debuts of a series, it's hard to top this. Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for being here with us here on your Thursday. Last show of the week for us. I'm hitting the road right after the show. Headed to Billings, Montana, the Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet this weekend. Golf tournament in the morning, uh, as well as the event tomorrow afternoon. So uh, very much looking forward to that. There's still tickets if you'd like to come with us. But this is our last show of the week, and what a fun one it's going to be. The return of Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. But a new mini-series, uh, what do we say, a spinoff of uh, a great series that we do the last couple winters here. Our Big Sky Conference insider, Chris Redpath, is back with us, and we'll have a fun summer-long interview series chronicling and catching up with some of the best players from the Big Sky Conference. This is going to have a, a heavy Montana angle we're going to get things started today. Robin Selvig, legendary head coach for the Montana Lady Grizz, 38 seasons as the head coach of the women's basketball team at the University of Montana. And uh, we are we have a ton to talk about, a lot of uh, pertinent storylines both here and now and from yesteryear, and a great angle this year as well with the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Um, 
something very important, something that's uh, certainly been something Montana, the state of Montana, has been uh, certainly out ahead of and, and pioneers in. And so it'll be fun to catch up with a lot of that sort of angle with Coach Selvig. And in hour number two, got some fun stuff coming up for you as well. Our great friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, will join us. And we also will hear from Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. Paddleheads moved into a tie for first place last night against the Idaho Falls Chuckers. So uh, we'll catch up with Jeff Safford for the week that was and see what's going on with Missoula's minor league baseball team as well. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics, no matter what Real estate questions you might have in Montana. Give Brent and his team a call today. So we're on the radio. It's a live show. I got double in my ears here. It sounds like Tommy's fixing it. We rewired the whole studio last night. We knew we had a, a guy coming in, so uh, we wanted Coach Selvig to have the best, but uh, can't really hear out of the headphones. But that's okay. That's okay. The uh, Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops is going to be a fun series. We're going to have a ton of fun guests for you, and we're excited to get it kicked off. This inaugural episode of the Where Are They Now series is presented by Man Mortgage of Missoula. Man Mortgage is your local hometown mortgage lender. If you're looking to buy or build a new home this year, refinance to a lower rate, or use your home equity for an exciting new project, make sure to call Man Mortgage. A family-owned Montana company, Man Mortgage has been serving Montana's community statewide since 1989. Man Mortgage, tried, trusted, proven. Robin Selvig in studio with us here on uh, ESPN Radio. Very excited to have Coach Selvig here. I think we're good now. Try these. I think I pressed the right button. <laughs> Gotta love it. You know it's live when we are uh, trying to make sure we can hear ourselves, but that is so much better. First of all, hello. It's so fun to have you two in the studio together. It's been several years since the three of us have been uh, in the studio together, so good to be back together. Um, first of all, one of the big pieces of news that we haven't talked about as much on this show, because uh, I wanted to wait for this, is the house that Rob built, the great documentary. It recently won an Emmy, and uh, we were kind of following along, hoping that it would, and deservedly so. Really, really fun uh, that this happened, and, and very much a great accomplishment by Megan Harrington and her uh, documentary production team. Uh, but this was probably cool for you guys, because you guys were both involved in this. So to sort of see yourselves on the silver screen and then have this movie be well-recognized outside the state of Montana, too, pretty cool. Well, it was incredible, the 59th Annual Northwest Regional Emmy Awards that were in Seattle, Washington, June 4th. Rob and Jane Selvig there, along with Megan Harrington, John Sippity, the entire um, involving cast, or somewhat, was present to accept that award, and Megan sure had an incredible acceptance speech. Yeah, Megan did did great. I, I'm glad we were there now. You know, I didn't think she was going to win anything, but <laughs> we, she had us, we had the Euchre seats in the back table row, and the place was about 400 people in there, and sure enough, and it went quickly, but they announced, and both John and Megan there were the two producers, and Meg ran up and said some very intelligent words, and it was a, it was a fun night. It was, a, it was a real competitive category, though. For sure. Cultural, historical. Right. I mean, for you to win in that category... Yeah, she. It was amazing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know much about the film business and stuff, but there was a lot of there was a number of different categories. But uh, apparently, it's a pretty big deal, and everybody else was in a tuxedo, but me. And uh, <laughs> that, but that was okay. Coach, I have a, qu- a funny question on that note. You were in the public eye for so long, so you're on TV all the time. Whether it was coaching in a game that was broadcast or on the evening news, but was it different seeing yourself on a movie screen? 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, that was uh, mm, just kind of learned a, a lot about what goes into making a documentary and then right. having to watch things over and over and over again. Uh, took a lot of hours to get some takes, but uh, yeah, that was, that was different. And it was, you know, basically did it because Megan asked me to. Right. So it was, uh, um, but it, it turned out to be fun and certainly educational. Uh, all, all the things that go into making a documentary and the, the music and all the things they had to do, I, I gained a lot of respect for people in the film industry. Well, and we're on TV every day here. We're on SWX Montana Television right now. Chris is on TV with me once a week in the winter. You do a lot of games, Big Sky Conference games. But how about you? Was it weird for you to see yourself? I did a documentary this last fall, and I watched myself on the screen, and I was like, this is so much different than on TV. It's it's weird, right? It was different. I mean, I spent a lot of time, multiple takes, again. So it was 15 to 20 minutes, and then you're on for just a splice. And I remember watching it with my boys, and they're like, ooh, Mom, that's your, you're just there. Hilarious. You're, you're there. What? Um, but it, it was it was interesting, but it's just part of a bigger story. And that's what I think was just incredible to be a part of and to see so many people come together. That was just, it was really incredible. Well, Coach, it's been a couple of years. Robin Selvig in studio with us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Around the Big Scan Women's Hoops presented by Man Mortgage this week. It's our Where Are They Now series. Uh, you've been retired now for a couple of years. The only times I've ever seen you are uh, either to promote this film or out on the golf course. So uh, what's been going on? What have you been up to? Uh, well, not much. Dude, I'm golfing a little bit. The weather hasn't been too conducive, but gotten to California a number of times just because we have two granddaughters down there now. So every chance we get, we head down there. They're going to be coming up and spend a week with us here here in July. So that's uh, got the garden going, trying to get the pool cleared. So get some neighbor kids and nieces over there and use use the pool. So it's pretty busy right now, actually. Well, I got to tell you guys a good golf story about Coach Selvig. It was the second year that we did our Tee It Up series where we played golf with various um, sports figures from around the state of Montana. And sometimes we'd play 18, sometimes we'd just play one. Coach Selvig was kind enough to join us after he'd played 18, and I think he had another 18 coming, or maybe he had another nine coming. Either way, uh, he, he said, okay, I'll play the first three holes with you guys out there at uh, Canyon River. So we said, okay, sounds good. And on the third and final hole, uh, which is a par three, you had it up on the fringe of the the left left of the green, and you probably had oh I don't know I'd say conservatively a sixty five foot putt. <laughs> and to this day, even though we've continued doing this series every summer, that's the shot of the series because Coach Selvig walks up there. He knows he's got to catch his group ahead of him because I think these guys were just one hole ahead, and. He hits the 65-footer and just walks off in the cart, and he's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that happens to me a lot, really. No, that's probably the one and only one and only birdie on that hole for the last five years. It was, it was timely. How's your game right now? Uh, bad. Uh, I haven't gotten any better. I thought I would. I got back and started playing. I thought, oh, I'm going to get better, and it uh, hadn't worked out that way, but i got a great group of guys I play with, and... And uh, we flip-flop. There's handicaps, and and, and uh, makes it fun. It is such an interesting endeavor when you've been a part of competitive sports your whole life because golf is an incredibly competitive sport, but there's also such different dynamics to it, right? I mean, in basketball, for example, even if your shot's not going in, you can just play hard defense. Or you can box about or go get the rebound. You can try harder. Trying harder gets you nowhere on the golf no, course. No, it's definitely a sport where where. Uh, being aggressive and and like I said playing harder hurts you and for sure you, you need to have mental control and all those things i've basically given up on being a good golfer so that helps 
Um, but to just, when I first started golfing, I was like, well, I'm going to play harder, you know, and that just slices farther and doesn't do any good. That's why all me and my all my football friends, we have no chance. We just try to hit it farther harder, all of a sudden it's out of bounds. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work out very well no. for you. I also have to ask you this. I've been working with Krista now for several years. It's been a great pleasure. I love every uh, second that she's on this show contributing with us. But I got to ask you, I've asked her the great story of the first time you guys came to see her play in high school and when she came on her visit here. Do you remember the first time you scouted Krista? Well, I do. I remember a little bit the, the game I watched in Great Falls. Uh, I don't remember much that far back, but I do remember she was a one, pretty athletic gal and she figured she was a guard. I remember her bring, <laughs> I remember her bringing it down the floor, and uh, which I was impressed with. And I'm not don't remember what happened once she got down to the other end. Exactly. But, uh, it was uh, <laughs> she, she could handle a little bit too, and that was one of the things we liked about her. Never met a shot that I didn't like. So I'm sure <laughs> well, no, I shot a lot. Most of the kids I recruit don't do, <laughs> don't do that, but it's it's all good as long as it goes in. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, the beginning of the Where Are They Now series. Robin Selvig, longtime Lady Grizz head coach, in studio with us. Golf. Besides golf, what are you using to, to scratch the competitive itch? Uh, do you miss coaching? Uh, no, I, to, to be honest, I, I I don't. I mean, there are times I do. Sure, like sure. when you're watching the NCAA games and you're going, oh, you, you think right, about right. a little bit or watching the Lady Grizz, but. Uh, no, there's other things in my life that I need to be doing right now, which sure. is grandkids and parents and, and and things like that. So I, I don't miss I don't miss waking up nervous every day. Yeah, I really right. don't miss that. And you know, I can worry if, if the cu- cucumbers come up or something like that. <laughs> right. But it's not quite the same. And and I, I do I really enjoy the time we can get with uh, my, my two boys and the grandkids and all, all those things. And you just don't have the flexibility to go. Th- do all of those kind of things when you have a full-time job or a coaching job, which con- consumes a lot of time and a lot of years. So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I do miss it some for sure. I miss being around young people. I think that's a blessing. Anytime you can be about, around younger people and uh, uh, it can help keep you young. But now, I am the youngest guy in our golf group, so that makes me feel good. <laughs> that that is great. Do you feel? Fortunate that you don't miss it. I mean, because I think so many people, whenever their sports careers end, it was too soon, right? So, do you feel fortunate the fact that you know that it isn't something that you're like, oh, I wish I had more. You are satisfied with how long you did it. Yeah, I didn't know, you know, what sure. it was going to be like. Sure. It was kind of an empty feeling after a while. You get up and go first, go go back and watch some games, and it was just weird. It was different, uh, but. Um, and I didn't know if I'd want to find another job. I didn't know what it'd be like, but I kept plenty busy. Uh, and uh, like I said, the family things are, are really good. And, I, and we have great friends in Missoula. We do things together, life, lifelong friends, uh, couples. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have known that I'd be real good with it after a couple of years, but I, I am. Rob, you've done quite a bit of traveling. Yeah, and we've traveled some out. too. We've got uh, COVID slowed that down a little bit. My, my wife loves to travel, and her her family always did some traveling. So I've I've been in some other countries, which is always interesting. And to, you, you learn a lot just by being around people in other countries and finding out how similar they are to us. Really, you know, the average person in the world is basically concerned about the same things, and that's why you can't figure out why. Everybody can't happen to get along. I don't know how that works, but, uh, you know, people are the same. Do you have a favorite 
place you've been in your travels? Uh, eh, not really. Was I there mean, any that surprised you that were di- they're different than you well, thought they were going to be? Surprised yeah, me. I mean, yeah. we went to China. Wow, the year after I I uh, retired, because I never wanted to travel before. I mean, if I was out of town for four days, I I, I was just too nervous about what's going on back here, and I should be recruiting, and I really didn't want to. My wife went on some some trips with other family, and I went on a couple, but we had a big China one, which was extremely interesting, and I don't know that I'd want to go back there, even though it was fascinating then. I think things have changed a little bit. They were really catering to to the West and, and probably, I thought, making some stride towards better relationships and things like that, and I think that's gone sour a little bit. Boy, we just have no history here. I mean, they have right, history. Right. I mean, it's just... Uh, their whole, they look at things in by hundreds of years, and you know, we look at five years at a time or something sure. here. So, sure. Uh, but I, I love history and I love to see the Terracotta Warriors and the, all, all the things there are to see. So, that, that that's the, the, what I like most about traveling is the history. Robin Silva in studio with us here on Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. The Where Are They Now version, a summer series. Chris Redpath will join me each Thursday during the uh, four o'clock hour here. Tell people more about this series, Krista, because this is going to be a fun one. We have a lot of fun guests coming up. We do. Well, Coulter, we had such a good time this past winter, January through March, following the Big Sky Conference. Yes, you're certainly invited back. Thank you. (laughs) Analyzing players, games, um, predictions, and then getting to crown a champion. I felt like we just had a lot of chemistry and there was synergy there. And I thought, let's continue that and look at some former Big Sky Conference athletes, coaches, and players, and how could we bring them into the mix. And I know that our listeners and viewers like to hear what is going on with these former players and coaches. And so we have a whole lineup this summer. One that's coming up is Mackenzie Johnston, and I know our listeners will be very excited to hear about her um, endeavors over in Germany and winning a league title. Uh, so we'll get to you know talk to some players and coaches and, and hear what they're up to now. It's so interesting to me, too, the way that Sports impacts so many people's lives and realters even the trajectory of your life. I mean, my love of sports, this is why I made this my career. And I know both of you, uh, same thing too. But this must be interesting for you now as somebody that's really developed yourself as a, a great person in the Big Sky Conference media sphere. And now you're, you're reviewing the guy that kind of got you into the college level of sports. It, it's, it's sort of fun full circle. I always say that the best decision I made when I was 17 was committing to play for Robin Selving, and, and it just continued. It continued on and on and opened so many more opportunities, friendships, relationships. I never would have thought that I would have gotten into media. My degrees were in political science. thought I would go more that route. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be self-employed. And that's allowed me to really you know, embark on the media career that I have. And I'm very fortunate and very grateful for that. Very, very fun. And uh, it, it does show just the worth and, and the lessons that that sports teaches you. What's that part of this experience like for you, Coach? Because obviously, you, you know, you're trying to win games, but also trying to develop young women during your 38 years at Montana. But now you have so many that have become, you know, accomplished adults. So that must be very fun for you to sort of see them grow up. Well, well, certainly it is. It's, you know, the thing about coaching and having a team and everything is you just share everything. You know, it is it is cliche, but it's an extended family type thing. So you you... you and I've been fortunate. There's so many. We had so many somewhat local people, and some that stayed around. They've been, become lifetime friends. But you know, you go through things with them, and that that and, and you know, the, the people talk about. 
you know, me helping them become this, but I, I learned from all of them, you know, the, the different things. And, and I learned lots of things from hearing about their experiences and things like that. And, and hopefully I could, uh, you know, serve them better, trying to understand things better. I, I for uh, several reasons, have been thinking about Judd Heathcote lately. Uh, the first was in April... Grey Wolf Peak Casino had uh, an event in which they welcomed back a bunch of guys that were ABA and NBA stars in the 1970s. So George Gervin, Artis Gilmore, uh, Calvin Murphy, Otis Birdsong, and Michael Ray Richardson came to the Grey Wolf Peak Casino. So, I mean, what a crazy moment for me as a kid from Montana who no, I wasn't old enough to ever even watch George Gervin play. You probably remember yeah, I was the guys. Say, you're not old enough to watch some of those. Guys. No, I wasn't, but I had read about them, so it made it even more legendary to me because I'd only watched like the grainy film. And in walks Artis Gilmore. He's seven foot two. And in walks you know George Gervin. All of a sudden, George Gervin's sitting at my radio booth, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the Iceman is sitting right here. How cool is this? But we got to Michael Ray came on, and we got to talking about Judd Heathcote. Then this uh, last couple months, there's been this great HBO series about the Showtime Lakers, but they start it with Magic Johnson back in his high school days, mm-hmm. and they have like a rendition of Judd recruiting him, and it's so funny. And now here I was thinking about this interview as well, and you playing for Judd Heathcote. So uh, that's such an interesting tie that binds at Montana when you talk about the whole coaching tree on the men's side, but also that you played for Judd. So uh, pretty interesting to see how much, when you speak of influences and how much they resonate throughout a number of years. I mean, Judd Heathcote's influence on college basketball, my goodness. Yeah, well, and influence on me. I mean, you uh, uh, success I've had or what anybody has, I still think you, you owe it to a lot of people. And I've said many times, I, it scares me to think, had I not been coached by Judd, what I'd have known about basketball. Sure. He's a great coach. And, and uh, so, you know, you always, uh, you learn from others. Judd Judd's goes a long ways out there as you start talking about uh, people and coaches. And, uh, you know, he, he blessed a lot of people's lives and we've we talk about him still uh anytime we're visiting with and brandy jim brandenburg his assistant coach uh is is still living uh, you know judd died a few years ago but uh no there's a tree there and you just share something for the rest of your life once you you have that for any of those of you that are uh, newer around here about i guess it would have been th- maybe four years ago now we produced a podcast series about exactly what we're talking about Grizz Greats, the coaching tree. It's all about all those guys that coached under Judd Heathcote. So we had interview episodes with Jim Brandenburg and Mike Montgomery, Stu Morrill, up through Blaine Taylor, Don Holst, Robin Selvig, of course, Pat Kennedy, uh, Wayne Tinkle, Eric Kostowiak, and Travis DeKir. So you can find Grizz Greats, the coaching tree, on all of your podcast hosting platforms. It is uh, certainly uh it's one of my favorite things we've ever done, and it's one that it's never going to go old. It's evergreen because the stories are the stories, and it's a very fun look back at the history of Grizz and uh, Lady Grizz basketball. And one of the guys, one of the, one of the Mavericks of that Lady Grizz program, Robin Selvig, he's joining us here in studio. It is Nuanas now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Did you were you an NBA or ABA watcher when you were like of 
playing age? Was that uh, in high school? I was I, I was a, a Knicks fan in high school. Walt Frazier was my guy. Interesting. And uh, and I mean the Knicks were the team of the early seventies, right? Late sixties, yeah, early seventies. And I just liked I him. Don't know about that. <laughs> well, yeah. I, Chris is going to say, oh, know, of know, course, the Celtics. Celtic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's where the torch was kind of passed. Though. I mean Celtics fifty-seven right. to sixty-nine, and then the Knicks kind of took it over in the early nineteen seventies. So you guys have a little, you know, you can go back and forth about that era. Yeah. Well, I think the Sixers were a big rival in the Celtics yep, yep, obviously yep. were good, but but uh, Frazier and Phil Jackson was six man coming off for that mm-hmm, team when I was growing mm-hmm. up, and I kind of knew well, I didn't know Phil, but he was in Wilston, sure. So you, Legion right, Ball, I knew right. him, and now I know him because I've met him when he was at the lake and down at camp. But that's funny. How uh, far away from where you grew up was Williston? Uh, it's it's about eighty miles. Okay, so you were like an hour away from Phil Jackson. That's funny. That well, he was, he was yeah, he was <laughs> fifteen or <laughs> sure, whatever. We did, sure, we did, sure. I, I think we played a Legion game against them uh, once, and I don't really remember. But uh, we didn't play Williston that much, North Dakota. Sure. But it wasn't very far away. Yeah. Anyways, New York Knicks, you're, you're talking about the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. And I just like Walt Frazier's cool demeanor. That's what sold me on, on yep, the Knicks. Yep. He was emotionless out there, basically. I'm, I'm not so much into trash talk and all that stuff that it is nowadays. Uh, in, in those days, it kind of wasn't like that. Do you watch the NBA now? I, I really don't. I hmm. watched the playoffs a little bit, but I, 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 I've lost contact with it. I watched it when Magic and Bird were playing. Sure. Uh, in fact, they re- regenerated people wanting to watch. Oh, for, absolutely. Know, no question. Their ability to pass and and uh, do things. Inside. And I followed them, but I you only have so much time to sure, follow so right, many things. Right. And I haven't gotten back into NBA, although I'll, I'll watch the Warriors a little bit. I have a son that lives in San Francisco, and they're kind of Warriors fans. And... and Curry is amazing. <laughs> he is he's, amazing. He's just amazing. Can't argue with that. Well, I haven't even got a chance to see you, Chris. I'm sorry. Krista's oh, diehard Celtics. She's actually like tweeting about it, posting about it. She had pictures Living with her it. Ki- pictures with her kids with the Celtics hat. So I I wore I all am my sorry. gear from when I was like 10 or 12 yeah. during the series. I was bringing back all the actual authentic old Celtics. Oh gear. man, I love it. Well, it's fun to it's fun to have a team and follow. And uh... it is. I will say that for when I was a young girl, even like eight. Age eight, I was sure. cutting out newspaper clippings and taping them to my wall and yeah. created my bedroom was the bird's nest Wow! Um, from a very young age. Mm. And it's interesting. I mean, basketball was on when I was a, a, a young girl, but even to talk about Title IX today with right. this monumental day, I never felt like I couldn't play basketball. From right. a very young right. age, I thought, hey, I can, I can yeah. do what they're doing, which is crazy when you think about it now. Obviously, that didn't happen. But right. Just looking back at the NBA and how it did inspire even a lot of young girls. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And it is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and that's one of the entry points uh, to this conversation. And Coach, I remember. I actually remember you maybe mentioning this on the podcast that we did for you for the Coaching Tree series. The Although women's sports was sort of just in its origin, when you took over as the head coach in 1978, I guess Title IX had passed about six years earlier. 72 is yeah, when Title IX, right. but it really wasn't having anything to do with athletics at the right, time. Right, totally, right. And so you, you mentioned back then, you guys really didn't even think of this. You, you just thought of it as an opportunity to coach good athletes, most of them, you know, from local high schools, right? Yeah, I wasn't even aware of Title IX, I'm sure, when I took the job. That wasn't... Uh, it, it didn't gain. Nobody heard too much about the Title IX thing in '72. I think sports really brought it into the when it started to become uh, more involved. That it had an effect on sports and opportunities for women there. I think it got more publicity, and that that made it a much bigger deal. So early on in my coaching career, I became very aware of Title IX because our school had to make progress towards more equality. 
being a federally funded university. So it, it definitely did a lot of good. Well, more on this exact subject in just one minute. This is Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Krista Redpath will be joining us each 4 o'clock hour on Thursdays throughout the rest of the summer. It's our Where Are They Now series. We have a whole bunch of good guests coming up for you guys with a heavy Montana flavor. So stay tuned for that. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Where Are They Now this week? Presented by Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage has been serving Montana communities statewide since 1989. Man Mortgage, tried, trusted, and proven more with Robin Selvig and Krista Redpath. Right after this, keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. More accolades for Katherine Burkoff and more national competition for a quintet from Montana State's track and field program as the summer heats up. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. Burkoff, a Missoula Hellgate graduate, turned All-American in North Carolina State, finished second in the women's 50-meter backstroke Wednesday at the FINA World Championships in Budapest, Hungary. Burkoff posted a time of 27.39 seconds to snag her first medal in world's competition. She already owns two American backstroke records and multiple All-American honors during her decorated career. Five Montana State athletes will compete this weekend in the United States Outdoor Track and Field Championships at historic Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon. Similar to the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships just two weeks ago, MSU will send hurdler Drake Schneider, high jumper Lucy Corbett, and steeplechase runners Duncan Hamilton and Levi Taylor, all of whom earned All-American honors earlier in June. Cantor Coverdale, a javelin thrower, will also make the trip, giving Montana State five athletes competing on the national stage. And finally, the Missoula Paddleheads seized a share of first place in the Pioneer League standings for the first time this summer with a 10-6 win over the Idaho Falls Chuckers on Wednesday night. The Paddleheads and the Chuckers are now tied at 16-9 in the standings, half a game ahead of third place Great Falls. Tune in to Nuanez now at 5.30 Thursday afternoon for an update from Voice of the Paddleheads' Jeff Safford. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanez now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Last show of the week. Very excited to head on over to Billings, Montana this weekend. The 7th Annual Montana Football Hall of Fame Banquet Ceremony. Very excited as always, but it's definitely one of my favorite events of the year. If you ever get a chance to make it this year or otherwise, it's absolutely worth your time. It's worth your drive if you're over here in western Montana. It's it's the who's who. It's the biggest reunion in football in the state of Montana. So we are uh, excited to... Have, have another uh, close-to-sold-out banquet and another great induction class. So if you want to make a last-minute trip over there, still have tickets available. They're available at Universal Athletic Service stores around the state of Montana. So if you'd like to join us, uh, please do. Around the Big Sky in women's hoops, Crystal Redpath, our co-host for this summer segment. It's a Where Are They Now theme, and this week it's presented by Man Mortgage of Montana. Our debut guest, Robin Selvig, longtime head coach, for the Montana Lady Grizz. And uh, now, you know, just an aspiring Canyon River expert. I forgot to ask you, Coach, what's your favorite hole at Canyon River? 
Well, there's just some I uh, hate less than others, <laughs> basically. So, uh, which, whichever one I happen to par that day, if I do get one, that that's my favorite. Hole. Do you have goals? Uh, do you think like, okay, I need to want to get four pars, five pars, six pars? What, what's the Robin Silva goal each round? Well, four or five pars would be good. My goal is we we play for a couple shekels with, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. with my, my friends, and we rotate the so. The goal is to take money from them, and so whatever that takes is is the uh, goal. You've always liked the little action. What's the the card game? You're always playing cards with people. Oh, smear, smear. That's Eastern, what you play, Eastern right? Montana game. It's a good game, <laughs> and yeah, we that's, we do that still too. You know, it's funny during COVID, we played that online almost every day. Wow. There's six or seven of us, and you can get four or five on a phone call. And I'm glad we found it because COVID obviously lasted a long time. And you couldn't get together. Did you guys ever play this on the bus or anything? Did Rob teach you Schmear, Krista? We didn't play Schmear, but we did trivia on the bus Ooh, for that's a quarter. Scary. So we had trivia. We had great trivia games, actually. Everybody would fun. come with questions or how would no, it work? I had no, the, I had the trivia box. And, oh, and so I, you would write questions. I, no, I'd pull it out and ask the question. Oh, if, if they oh, okay. got it, probably illegal, they got a quarter. And if... If they, and, and they could go for the history question to make it a dollar, which okay. none of them ever did because nobody, none of the ladies except a couple in my experience <laughs> ever knew any history. So uh, it, it was fun. Now, the last few years I coached, there was none of that because the iPad and the phone went right right up to the, sure, you know, right. we didn't, but we used to play some cards and, and uh, we in, did play in the cards. airports and yeah, it was yes. fun. It, where's the, just wanting some action? Is that from just growing up in a small town? Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like that. Just being competitive. Trivia is we had cribbage. We had sure. Oh, yeah. Well, cards. Oh, yeah. You grew oh, yeah. up in eastern Montana. You pretty much learned to play cards. I mean, sure. winners are long and hard. <laughs> right. And, and uh, you know, the town, people, everybody played. Whether it's pinochle smear. I mean, cards is pretty big in, the, in, in that part of the state. Well, I want to get into some of this Title IX stuff. I know Krista has... Uh, some discussion to be had here as well. But when you think back to when you first started at, at Montana in 1978 to then towards the end of your career and then now what basketball has become, how much different does it seem? Like, what are the most the same things and what are the most different things? Um, well, the most same things, I, I, I oh, shouting in there, getting a little, uh, kids, I think kids are still pretty much the same. Now, I know the coach would say it's changed a little bit. They're they're more gimme, gimme, gimme instead of sure. what I'm getting, getting, getting. But I, I, I think kids are still the same. I mean, you laugh, you joke, they they compete, they want to win, uh, they want to be friends. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think the people are the same. The game's changed a lot over time, and mm-hmm. I think you had to change with it. I mean, from when I first started... In fact, in the early days, it's funny, the, the game has become totally different now, more in men's, but in women's, too. It's I can remember, uh, you know, passing, cutting, all those things. You know, Bobby Knight, who was a huge, successful coach, I mean, you never heard of the dribble. I mean, you got in trouble. Right, right. If oh, you yeah, dribble, you get pulled if you dribble. Got moving. Yeah. Now the whole game is on balls, putting it down, making two take, and it's just, you know, it's, it's become, a, become a different game in, in that way, but... The, the basics of basketball are still pretty solid. I mean, balance, footwork, those kind of things uh, are, are still there. It's funny, though, even on footwork over the years, different people, whether it was Sigma or uh, the step-back jumper, which I'd never heard of. I mean, I was just thrilled if in the early days if I had a lady that could shoot a jump shot. I mean, right. no, I'm deadly serious. I mean, <laughs> 
You have some. I remember watching Skyler for the first time in, in Malta and off the dribble, boing, and you know, up and, and shoot it. And and uh, there wasn't that many people that could put it down hard and go up in women's basketball in the early days. And that now, obviously, they, <laughs> you know, it's no different uh, than the men's in, in terms of that skill. But so you know, the skills changed and, and the game the game changed, and you know, you had to change with it or you weren't going to win. I think a little bit. Rob, I remember coming into the Lady Gears program and having you meet with me right away and saying, you have to develop a jump hook. You turn and shoot, you're going to get blocked every single time. Interesting. And that was something that you helped me with right away. And being 6'1", I was undersized, actually, for a post position right. in the big sky. And that was something that he could envision and see, hey, you've got to work on that individual skill. And right off the bat, that's what I had to learn when I was there only a month. It is interesting. You think about how much dribble drive, but then the teams that just were played in the NBA Finals and the team that won the NBA Championship is the team that dribbles the least, the team that passes the best. Yeah, that, they are a little more, a little bit more old, old school. They, they move and cut and still kind of fun. But you watch the men's NCAA tournament, though. Oh, man. Down to the Sweet 16 or something, and it's rare. Uh, we'll say Virginia. Uh, but it's rare, and, and it's effective. I mean, it's there's such quickness at the guard, and it's all... Big, big post screens, and yep. it's all handling on balls, and uh, boring a little bit to me. <laughs> I, I totally agree. When I watch high major men's college basketball, it all looks the same. There's no stylistic differences. It's just bully ball, high ball screen, get to the rim over and over and over, free throws all day long. It's not that appealing of a game. There's something really fundamental about the women's game when you start no comparing question. it to the men's game. It's, it's no question. I've seen it, uh, especially in the Big Sky Conference, too, because the women's game in the Big Sky has become so wide open now, especially with teams like Idaho, Sac State for a little while there where they just wanted to shoot threes more than anybody in, in all of basketball. So uh, it is interesting to watch uh, how it has all evolved. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Krista Redpath, our co-host for this summer segment, Robin Selvig, sitting in studio with us. It's presented by Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage, your hometown lender, Tried, trusted, and proven. You can contact Man Mortgage for more info at missoula.manmortgage.com or you can call their local office, 406-542-0700. 50th anniversary of Title IX. And, Chris, I know this is something that you are excited to talk about with all of our guests, but particularly a guy who was on the forefront of so many of the uh, the successes that uh, young ladies around the state of Montana were able to experience. Well, it is a monumental day. I mean, 50 years, we've come a long way. And when you look at some of the statistics, uh, you know, just looking at various numbers, you know, just under 280,000 women played in high school sports back before 1972. And now we're at 2.6 million high school athletes that are playing. I mean, that's phenomenal when you look at some of those statistics and where it's come and where it's still gone. We have a long way to go. And you look at some of the transgressions and, you know, you think about um, Sedona Prince and what happened with the viral TikTok video just two years ago talking about the discrepancies with the locker rooms at the NCAA tournament and some and, and the weight rooms and some of the differences. Um, but really what I want to ask you, Rob, there's lots of questions, but growing up in a family of eight, you had three sisters. Mm -hmm. What kinds of conversations did you have with them growing up about opportunity? You know, I, I don't remember. I, I, I know they... They wanted a chance. Even my mom, you know, they had to put together a woman's softball team one time. My mom was a good athlete, and I remember her getting ready for that in the winter and pitching, pitching through the hallway. I was catching with her, but just excited that she was going to play. But my sisters had started to have an opportunity. But it was frustrating, I'm sure, for gals. And it wasn't just sports. 
You know, we'd <laughs> we'd go get a job hauling bales or something and make two fifty an hour. You know, in the summer, wow. put up steel buildings, and and you know, my sisters could go babysit and make a dollar. And you know, it was little things like that from time to time uh, would come up. But uh, Sandy, who ended up playing for me, actually, I got four years of high school basketball finally. I think Diane, my, the oldest sister, maybe got one or two years opportunity. My wife got no opportunity. There was no, no, you know, mm-hmm. there just was no sports. And so didn't think about it that much at the time, but I, it's it's crazy that we didn't. Of course, you know, you, t- you talk about now how many young girls are playing, It's and it seems like it, it should have always been that way, but how, how many women 50 years ago were becoming doctors and lawyers and, and all the other things. So it, it was a fairly general thing of lack of opportunity for women. Right. Title IX, uh, it's really amazing to see the decrease in dropout rate of girls in high school and some of the additional opportunities increasing the number of women who pursued higher education. I mean, that's a, that's a really big and completed college degrees. So that's just something you didn't see For sure. before this enactment. And that's another pivotal part that is left out of the conversation. Yeah, that's a good point. I, and I don't know all those stats and stuff, but obviously maybe there's a lot more women going to college yeah. because of that and a lot more fields they can actually get a job in. Uh, because that was, I, I don't, I, I don't remember growing up that you, you saw women lawyers or, dog, you know, what, whatever, with business women or anything. I, I don't know that they're, and that had nothing to do maybe with Title IX, but Title IX, given the opportunity for more education, opened up a, a field of jobs, I'm sure, too. And also basketball, looking at how you coached us, we, it's been talked about that you coached us just like you would the boys. I mean, you definitely got after us, but you always have said basketball no matter who played it you never approached it like there was any difference between the men and the women um so you didn't really you didn't really need to look at that approach no i never really thought of anything different when i ended up you know by chance i took that women's job in plentywood thinking i had the probably gonna have the boys job but i i mean this is basketball and and i i didn't you know I, i look at individuals differently as to how you treat them but I don't look at the gender as a reason uh, to treat them. And it was just basketball. And I, and I had sisters that loved to compete, too, you know, that hadn't had the opportunity. So I wasn't, I'm thinking, I wasn't thinking, oh, I better be nice and I can't coach. Plus, I can't help how I coach. I mean, I'm, it's basketball and you teach and, you, and then you, can, you can have any different style of coaching. You don't have to be rabid like I was sometimes. That was, <laughs> that was, that was just me. That's that's not the point. But the point was, I think I got their respect because I, I, I treated the same, but I expected, I knew they could, and I, they liked that I expected that they could, could do well. And uh, n- nothing worse than, you know, maybe a coach that doesn't expect you to get better or doesn't think you can do things, and maybe because you're a girl, you can't do things. And that, that, that never entered my mindset. Noir is now ESPN Radio around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath, Robin Selvig, sitting in studio with us. It's the Northwest Motorsports studio. Northwest Motorsport, largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can check out that inventory by visiting online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Coach, one thing I want to ask you about, just in terms of those early days, is the... The enactment of Title IX, then into the um, steady rise in women's sports, 
it caused for the Lady Grizz to have a variety of different available opponents and play in different leagues, right? So as it started to grow in the late 70s, early 80s, just take people through sort of how the landscape changed because I think people forget didn't actually land in the Big Sky Conference until you've been doing it for about a decade. Yeah, well, we actually were under under a, a body of the AIAW. Was, we weren't under NCAA at all. We AIAW in the early years, and we played in different leagues, Northwest Women's Basketball League. We were in a league with Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, um, and then Mountain West uh, after that, so things bounced around. But when NCAA started sponsoring tournaments, uh, actually would give you some financial help to go to a, a tournament. We, we actually went to the AIAW National Tournament the last year it was offered. Right. And uh, that, that changed things now because now you're going to start getting – you know, some things paid for. When we actually went to the AIW National Tournament, I don't know if the school administration was probably pulling for us that much because you had to pay for it yourself. Interesting, you yeah. Know? And no, they were pulling for us, but I'm just saying it was, sure. you know, you, you succeed and you spend more money. Uh, so the, the NCAA, that, that made a big difference when they jumped in and started sponsoring tournaments. Now, NCAA is getting some grief now, and justifiably there are things that haven't come up to snuff and it's it, it I, and I don't even think people realize it's just such a mindset that that they and of course money mm-hmm. money is the deal and the men's tournament brings in so much but at some point you know I, I've always said this you know when women started coming well it just costs money they can't bring any in can you imagine if there had been women's basketball for 75 years no men's no mm, men's interesting at all. yeah never and then that. have Come jump in! Not only you gotta you gotta fight for the same crowd, you gotta fight for the same money. It's uh, uh, because women obviously are talented and fun to watch, and so on and so on. But what if there had been no men's and, and women's sports was big? And some women's sports were big. They outdraw their men's in gymnastics, and so it's just anytime you start out behind, you got a long way to make up. Something that you really fought for early is the Lady Grizz to do away with prelims which were attached to the men's games where the mm. women would play mm-hmm. before, and that's something that you really moved the Lady Grizz away from. Yeah, we did. Early on, I thought it was a good idea the first couple of years I was here to get exposure because, you know, by by the second half, people were starting to come to the men's game, and they were, and I think they were saying, oh, let's go take a look. And so I thought it was exposure-wise a good thing, but after a couple of years, it was definitely would be sending the wrong message because if you, you know, you have fans that want to come watch you play, you can't be a, a prelim. And, and we got rid of those. I mean, the university, Harley Lewis, uh, we had good support, and I think you know he had a very difficult time. Harley did because with the additional women's sports, uh, there's only so much money. Sure. And we actually ended up losing swimming, and. Uh, wrestling over those years. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it right that, that you, you don't have women's sports. It's, you know, the, the ideal thing would be what some big schools can do is you got to get more money right. and have all the sports. Sure, right. But you don't say, well, we can't have women's sports because, well, women, when were they ever going to get a chance? So, uh, but it was tough being a, a, an AD then. He, he was good. I think we moved forward pretty rapidly. Uh, you didn't, we didn't get everything overnight, and, and uh, there's no way that was going to happen. But uh, the, we got pretty good support early on. A lot of knocking on doors, though. You went door to door, letting people know about Lady Grizz basketball in Missoula. Well, I don't know if I knocked on doors necessarily, but we certainly got out, and, and it, it helped. I think it helped that I had played here, uh, just because I, I 
I knew people and people knew me, and mm-hmm. not that I had any magic or anything, but they they might give okay, let's let's give let's give it a chance, let's go watch Rob's team, and then the girls would do the rest because they they're good, you know, and they're competing and it's fun, and so maybe we got a little look that that we might not have gotten. Uh, had I just been from Timbuktu. Do you remember the first time you thought, wow, this is this is actually becoming really a, a legitimate big deal? Yeah, well, the, the, the turning point big deal game that I remember, and we started getting crowds some, and, you know, of course, the Cats, we'd get some, but until the Oregon State NCAA mm, game, mm-hmm. I think that really put us over the, 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 the you know, 4,000 whatever fans we had, and no idea how many we were, I don't know what we averaged that year, maybe 12, 1,500. I mean, it was gradually growing, uh, but when that happened, and then it was a... A close, exciting game that we end up winning, and and you know, so there's 4,500 or how many fans were there that are probably going to want to come back and watch more of this, and so that was a that was a big kickoff for us. No, it's now ESPN Radio around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. Chris Redpath, our co-host for this fun summer series, and Robin Selvig, the debut guest for the Where Are They Now themed around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. It's presented by Man Mortgage. We'll finish up hour number one. Right after this, keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Is Nuwana's now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. This was the number one song in America, little Fleetwood Mac for you, when Coach Selvig first started coaching at Montana. That's why I put it on the list. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Krista Redpath will help co-host with me, Coulter Nuwana's, throughout the rest of the summer. It's a Where Are They Now edition and Robin Selvig sitting in studio with us. We were just talking during the break. Uh, Krista was saying that Coach Selvig lives inside of my head now that I'm coaching uh, my own kids. And I was actually thinking of a story I had for Coach, uh, how he still lives inside my head as well. He never coached me, but my first beat ever as a student journalist at the University of Montana was Lady Grizz basketball. This was like 2007, 2008, when Manny Morales... Brittany Lohman, Sonia Rogers, great uh, group of Lady Grizz uh, that won a lot of games. I don't actually think I ever covered a home loss in my two years on the beat. But I remember I used to call Coach once a week for a little preview story, and I would have all these detailed statistical questions prepared. And, and you would always tell me, you'd always say, Coulter, it's not about any of this stuff. It's just about playing hard on the other team, winning the rebounding battle, and executing defensively. That's what we got to do. Like, it's not about what we shoot, how many threes we shoot, all this stuff. And I remembered that forever, and I don't ask coaches those sort of detailed questions. So I have to say, thank you for the uh, the advice. It was it served me well. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, I don't have much good advice. But, I, <laughs> you, you know, when you're for media and for coaches talking to media, you try and think of Think of things to say all right, the time. Totally and you, right, and you end up making up things almost. Well, and, almost and, then, you, and like, then you do it for thirty-eight years times nine hundred something games, yeah. and it's when, a lot of interviews. <laughs> when, it's, when it's a little simpler than that, uh, sure. really, I mean, all those statistics and stuff do 
come into play looking back, and you can learn from statistics, but that's not what, um, that's certainly not how a coach is thinking. <laughs> For sure. Uh, going into a game or evaluating a game. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you mentioned that you sort of coach kind of like Rob now, and now that you have your uh, teenage boys that you're leading Well, on. and I'm not coaching them anymore because now they, yeah, have, they're on <laughs> they're, the high they're school. On. They're moving on they're to done. high they're, school. They're part of uh, Jeff Hayes now. He's got them. But, um, yeah, you definitely do. Um, you have things that are in your mind and that you want to say, and it's just, it's the it's a style. And so there's certain things, and, and we talked just a little bit about it. I love, like, go somewhere with your dribble. I mean, that is something that I say to yep. the boys constantly that I would say, or why are you dribbling? Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> That's funny. I never thought they listened to me at all. And now <laughs> she says she has these things in her head. I never knew that. Throughout the big sky, women's hoops, Chris Redpath with us. And uh, not only are you a uh, – burgeoning AAU coach, or I guess maybe now recently retired AAU coach, but uh, you're also a little fashion model today, too. Tell people about your outfit. For those watching on SWX Montana Television, you can see it live and in person. Exactly. Clover, which is a lifestyle and clothing boutique in downtown Missoula, owned by Shannon Callahan. Wonderful style, um, interior decorator um, from start to finish, uh, and also has just an eye for fashion. She's dressed me today, and this beautiful Chan Lu jewelry I have on, and Shannon does a really nice job for the community of Missoula. And, and uh, speaking of youth sports, you also have an update on that note as well. So tell people what's cooking in the community for the summer. So interesting. Um, Paul Ryan, who we know, who's a friend of our show. Ryan, Ryan Holloway and Miller. Ryan Holloway and Miller. And I talked about how important it would be to bring a youth spotlight to this type of show each week to feature some part of youth sports. And so I had a really great conversation with Paul Lorick, who has really dove into the summit sand volleyball here oh yes cool beach volleyball is huge it is huge and paul if you're listening i've received your message and i'll call you you are welcome on the show as always your annual appearance we love having paul on as well so the popularity of beach volleyball um, normally known as sand or formerly known as sand um it's it's made the quickest transition uh from emerging sport to a championship sport in the ncaa and it's the fit that's the fifth largest growing sport in the NCAAs, which is just huge. But anyway, going back to this youth volleyball, um, he's really put together some great tournaments as well as personal private lessons or kids that just want to stop over to Playfair. They have four sand volleyball um, courts over there, and they're working to maybe build an indoor facility eventually. But it's been really incredible to see lots of boys and girls get involved with beach volleyball. And the best way to learn more would be to go to summitsandvb.com or to give Paul a call, 949-374-1277. So he's your guy. So we will have youth sports updates throughout around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops each Thursday as well. Have you ever played beach, beach volleyball? Coach? I haven't. I only played volleyball a couple times with uh, when Coach Dick Scott was coaching here. Mm-hmm. I went down there. I never played. We didn't have volleyball in high school or anything. And I, <laughs> I think I about got it right between the eyes. Uh, jumping up there, trying, I knew nothing about it. And he spiked it right in my head. So <laughs> Coach that, Scott that was, was it. It was great. He hired all of us for camp in the summer. We oh, always yeah. worked Lady Grizz volleyball camps in the summer. Yeah, he yeah. had some great teams, but he and he was a good player. But I, I thought that I thought that volleyball looks easy. I'll go out there and jump up by the net. <laughs> well, it didn't go that well. When was the last time you shot a basketball? Do you ever shoot uh, around still? Well, I shoot with my granddaughter. That's a great. Bit. See, I was hoping you were doing but, that. Uh, they, the son just got a portable outside. She nice. had never played any basketball. She's in track. Okay. She loves to run, which she discovered last year. And But they have a hoop there now, so I think we'll probably shoot a few hoops when we're down there. Uh, anything else for Coach before we let you guys get out of here, Krista? What a great hour it's been. Uh, Just so to far, dive yep. into some of the history and 
I think it's just been fun. It's great to revisit some of that. And, you know, basketball's changing. Lady Grizz basketball's changed with new coaching. Um, and it's just been fun to dive into the history. And it, it's so much more than a game, Coulter. And, Rob, you know that. Yep. The lifelong relationships that you develop, the friendships. I have a lot of Lady Grizz out there listening right now and watching. And it's part of a family. And it's really special. Do you still it's fun. You guys are yeah. You guys are good. You make it easy. So... It's a lot of fun. Do you still follow along? I mean, do you still keep track of oh, the yeah. Lady Grizz? Yeah, of I course. go to the games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I might miss a couple because we're traveling, sure, but I, sure. I, uh, it's easy to watch on streaming now and they're on the road. And uh, I took in almost all the home games, trying not to get emotionally involved. <laughs> I just don't want to be. <laughs> it's a lot easier just to try not to be. So, And, uh, of course, Jordan Sullivan, my niece, was sure, right? still coaching here last year, so I certainly was following her and... No, it's going to be hard to be a Utah fan. Although I was a Utah fan, Larry Kostoyak was there. Sure, okay. That was easy. So we'll wish her Get her red and black on. Got to love it. Yeah, Do you find yourself following more Grizz sports now that you have a little bit more time? Like other sports besides basketball? Oh, yeah. I follow all the sports. You know, I don't go to as many. I mean, obviously football, men's basketball, I played here. I mean, that's a a big part of my life was being a Lady Grizz. But I love the, the soccer and the... And the uh, softball team, which we never had. I love softball. Played played baseball, softball most of my life, and uh, they're good. Lots of good ones. For and, sure. And my wife watches tennis a lot because she tennis. plays tennis. Jason and, uh, Brown, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I guess you can't go to everything, but uh, I, it, they're fun to follow. All of them track. I mean, I, I love I love sports. It's fun to fun to follow. Well, I'm glad it's still a huge part of your life. And thank you so much for being a huge part of our lives. Very fun having you in studio, Coach. Thank you. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Around the Big Scan Women's Hoops. The Where Are They Now series begins with longtime University of Montana women's basketball coach Robin Selvig, a discussion of great memories and Title IX and everything in between, and it was presented this week by Man Mortgage of Missoula. I bought a house last summer, and I needed some advice, so I called Man Mortgage. Rob Fleming, so nice, gave me all the advice. I, he even was like, I'm not going to take your business yet because I want to tell you the exact right thing to do. So nice and honest of him. And uh, I'm, I'm forever indebted to him for answering all my questions that one day. But you had a great experience with them, too. Uh, Rob, Rob, Rob does a great job. Rob's my neighbor. He helped me buy a, my house that I'm in now, helped with my refinance. And he, he's just a, he's a good person. And underneath that, you want to have someone that can really help you maneuver through that process. And Rob's been a great friend of this show as well. Thank you so much to Man Mortgage for your support here and otherwise. You can visit Missoula.ManMortgage.com or call their local office anytime, 406-542-0700. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, where are they now? We'll continue next week, Thursday, during the 4 o'clock hour. Hour 1 of this show now in the books. Hour 2 coming at you. Carolyn, the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get 
commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.